Aloha, Divine Soul. You're listening to The Uplifting Podcast. This is your space for cosmic conversations. I'm your host, Randy Lee, 6'2 Sacral Generator with the Cross of Cycles 2. As a modern mystic and channel, my gift is translating esoteric wisdom and complex systems like human design and the gene keys into easily understandable language so you can uncover your inner truth and the higher purpose of your DNA. Each week, I bring you powerful conversations with fractal family who are embodying their soul's purpose, as well as solo episodes from me to support you in aligning with your unique design. Human design and gene keys are your personal roadmap to awakening. You are a once in a lifetime cosmic event that will never be duplicated or repeated. Are you ready to unlock the magic within you? It's time to be uplifted. Let's take off. Aloha, Divine Souls, and welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about going beyond your conscious profile line to really understand how you as a unique, differentiated being is designed to consciously show up in the world and create value through who you uniquely are. This is based on, I went through a lecture series that was done by Ra Uruhu that is about the personality profile lines. So it's going through lines one through six and looking beyond the profile line to the color that comes below. So you might be familiar if you've dove into variable that underneath the line expression is a color, one of six colors. So basically we have gate, line, color, tone, and then base. So these are going to be smaller measurements of the 64 gates. All of the gates that you have activated within your chart, they also activate a specific line. So that's going to give, you know, instead of just having like, for instance, gate 60 defined, you might have gate 60.1 compared to somebody else who has gate 60.4 in their conscious sun, let's just say for instance. But going beyond that, we can actually look below that to look at the color. When we're looking at the personality sun and earth, And looking below the line, what we're looking at is motivation. So your motivation in human design comes from the color below your conscious profile line. If you don't know what your motivation is, you're going to want to get an advanced human design chart, which will show you your variable information. And I'll put a link in the show notes for you to get access to this advanced information because it's not going to be something that shows up on a normal human design chart. And before we dive into all of this, it's really important if you are looking into variable that you know your specific birth time. So if you don't know your specific birth time and maybe you're like, guessing, oh, it was like around 8 p.m. You can still play around with this information, but you can't rely on the motivation that'll be given on your human design chart because this level of depth 
is really dependent on having an accurate birth time because it can change quite frequently. So just being born, you know, five minutes before, five minutes after your estimated birth time can shift the color and the tone below your conscious sun and earth and give you a different motivation. If you have an estimated birth time, you can play around with a couple different times to see how it adjusts the color and tone below your gates and lines to see the difference. And then experimenting with the different motivations so you can start to see which one feels most authentic to you. But the thing about motivation, before we get into motivation, it's really important to also state that all of this comes through following strategy and authority. So strategy and authority are the catalyst for these four transformations of variable. And motivation is the fourth transformation. So there's a lot of things that have to happen before we get to motivation in order for you to truly be motivated through your unique motivation instead of being motivated through your transference. The reality is that most people in the world are motivated through their transference because they haven't aligned with their strategy and authority. They're not following that. They're not honoring the form. They're not honoring the vehicle. And so if that is not in place first, what will most likely happen is that we end up seeing through our transferred view. And when we're seeing through our transferred view, we're most likely also motivated through our transferred motivation. So just a little brief synopsis of the four transformations of variable and the three steps before we get to this fourth transformation of motivation, just so we have some background. And then we're going to get into applying this to your personality profile line to understand like if you're a line one, an investigator, what type of investigator are you? Looking at the color below that profile line is going to give you some clues as to what your unique personality is designed to show up as in the world. So when we start with the four transformations of variable, like I said, it's really assumed that we are already following our strategy and authority. Our strategy and authority are what allow us to start this process of the body being the vehicle and the monopole being the driver of that vehicle. So we're really starting to surrender to the form principle rather than allowing the mind to be the one that is in control of our life. And for most of us, before we enter into human design, the mind has been the one that has been in control. So the process of strategy and authority is really to allow us to start to come into this passenger consciousness where we can observe life, we can witness what life is bringing to us, and following our strategy, we can respond from that place, or we can be invited, be recognized, and we can see where then our energy wants to go and wants to flow. We can witness 
how these things fall into place without the mind having to dictate it, having to be in control. So it allows us to then start to follow our strategy, whether that's responding, waiting for recognition or the invitation, informing and initiating, or waiting a lunar cycle. We're able to follow that strategy to interact with the world with the least amount of resistance and then follow our inner authority to make more aligned decisions. And as we make more aligned decisions, we naturally start to surround ourselves with different people. We start to shift how we take in things, how we consume things. We really start to notice how things influence our physical form through following our strategy and authority. And that's, like I said, that's what is the catalyst for these four transformations of variable. So the first two transformations that we're dealing with are on the design side. They have to do with our physical form, with our body. The first transformation is all about digestion and what we're taking in, what we're consuming, both food and information. That is our body's internal dependent variable. So it's dependent on us being in an aligned and supportive environment. An environment is the second transformation, but in many ways, environment is the most important of all of the variables. It's our body's independent external variable. With it being the independent variable, our digestion is dependent on us being in an aligned and supportive space. If we're not in an aligned and supportive space, there's not going to be really anything that can feed us and nourish us in our unique way. So being in a supportive environment allows you to take in food and information according to your determination. It allows your cognition to come through even stronger, which can support you in making more cognitive driven decisions and more aligned decisions when you are also honed in on your cognition. So environment and determination, this is what really helps us to feed and nourish our body from the inside, but also put our body into spaces where it's nourished from the outside. So our space, our environment also includes the people around us. You'll probably notice when you've come into your human design experiment, your environment starts to shift. Who you surround yourself with starts to shift. And this is all part of really aligning with the design of our form. And when that happens, it then sets us up to be able to see through our unique perspective, which is the third transformation. And this is where we move over to the personality side, over to the mind side. So that first transformation when it has to do with the mind is all about how we're seeing things. It's our unique lens, our unique way that we're designed to view the world. It's our frame of mind. Each one of us has a unique frame of mind that we're designed to see through. But if we're not following strategy and authority, if we're not feeding ourselves according to our determination, and prioritizing being in our aligned environment, then we're likely not going to be seeing through our unique view. And when we look at the variables on the mind side, 
this is where we experience transference. And transference is like a distraction. So when you're seeing through your transferred view, it's like kind of foggy, kind of cloudy. You can't see very clearly. And so if you are seeing through this view that is not very clear, it's not how you are uniquely designed to see, you will most likely then be motivated through your transferred motivation. And that's because the view, the perspective is the minds, the personality, external independent variable. So your motivation is your mind, your personality's internal dependent variable. It's dependent on you first seeing through your unique lens. So when you're seeing through your unique lens, viewing the world through your unique perspective, you can then be motivated through your aligned motivation rather than through your transference. Motivation is really how we're here to think and conceptualize what it is that we're seeing. It's how our mind makes sense of what we're seeing and can create value for the world through our expression of this motivation, which comes out as our outer authority. Motivation is an important aspect of your outer authority. Outer authority is when you're using your strategy to navigate through life with the least amount of resistance, using your inner authority to make decisions. This is when your mind becomes an ally. Your mind becomes free from being preoccupied with trying to make decisions and continuous mental exhaustion through following your strategy and authority. So once we're aligned with the unique geometry of our form, of our body, we become more informed and wise through our openness versus being conditioned. And our outer authority is something that can be valuable to people that are on our fractal. When we're looking at our personality profile, it can be really helpful to know your motivation because then you can really understand, like I was saying, if you're a line one, if you're the investigator, it's like, okay, well, what type of investigator am I? And that's going to come from understanding the color below. So not all first line personality profiles are going to be the same. So not all one threes are going to be the same. Not all one fours are going to be the same. It's really about starting to look below the personality profile line to the color below, looking at the motivation. Whether you're a first line, second line, third line, fourth line, fifth line, sixth line, this is where we really start to see the nuances within your personality profile. So I know as a six-line profile, I've met several other six-twos, and while I can really relate to a lot of their story, their journey, their experiences, we also often see things very differently and think and conceptualize the world around us very differently, even though we might have the same profile. So this is where, again, understanding the color below is really, really important. If you have a transitionary profile or a bridge profile, so if you are a 1-4, a 2-5, a 3-6, a 4-1, a 5-2, or a 6-3, 
you will have innocence motivation. All transitionary bridge profiles have innocence motivation, which is a six color, as their motivation. So all of these transitionary profiles, they're really here to just be themselves. So if you are, like I said, that first line investigator, you're a 1-4, that investigator, it's really digging into things, but its underlying motivation is just to be itself. It doesn't have an underlying motivation of wanting to try to lead or wanting to try to influence others or be influenced by others. That's actually what can pull it into its transference. The six color transfers to the third color motivation of desire. And so desire is really about desiring to get locked into something and to create change and get involved and to lead. Where the six color motivation of innocence it's really not even a motivation. Like innocence is kind of an anti-motivation. It doesn't have any ulterior motive or agenda where desire really has an agenda to create change, to lead, to get involved. If you're not familiar with the transference, let's just kind of break that down. So we have colors one through six in the motivation. The first color is fear motivation and fear motivation transfers to the fourth color motivation of need and need the fourth color motivation transfers to the first color motivation of fear so one and four are going to transfer to each other and then two and five will transfer to each other and three and six will transfer to each other so the second color motivation is hope and the fifth color motivation is guilt So hope will transfer to guilt, guilt will transfer to hope. And then like I mentioned before, the three and the six, we have desire is the third color motivation and innocence is the sixth color motivation. So desire will transfer to innocence and innocence will transfer to desire. Another way you can start to think of these motivations is as being active versus being passive. You can group the six motivations into two different categories, active motivation and passive motivations. So fear, desire, and guilt, the first color, third color, and fifth color are all active motivations. They're here to get involved and to take action in something where hope, need, and innocence, colors two, four, and six are all passive motivations. They're here to know when not to get involved and to cut through all the noise to get to what's essential. The dilemma of transference is that it pulls us into the opposite side. So active motivations become passive and passive motivations become active. So if you are, like I mentioned before, a 1-4 with innocence motivation, that is a passive motivation that is motivated just to be you, just to be yourself. It's not motivated to get involved, but it transfers to the third color motivation of desire, which is an active motivation. It's here to get involved to create change. So we have this dilemma where we can get pulled into the opposite side. And this is why Ra often refers to transference as dumb. He would call it like dumb fear or dumb desire, dumb hope. 
And that's when you're in the transferred side. So somebody who has guilt motivation but is in the transferred of hope motivation, it's dumb hope because the hope isn't actually cognitively driven. Like I mentioned before when we were talking about view and perspective and how when you're trying to see the world through your transferred view, it's really foggy, it's not clear. That's also very similar to our motivation. When we're trying to think and conceptualize the world through our transference, it's not really cognitively driven. It's not going to have the same impact as it would coming from somebody who is designed to think and conceptualize the world in that way. So somebody whose guilt motivation and is transferring to hope, that hope is going to be quote unquote dumb hope because they can't really be motivated through hope. They can try, but it's not going to have the same impact as someone who truly is motivated through hope. So hope is about knowing what not to take responsibility for. So somebody whose guilt motivation, who's designed to be the fixer, to be the problem solver, to get involved and they get pulled into hope, which is knowing when not to act, they probably won't know when not to act and will be holding out on things that are really designed for them to actually be taking action on. This is why it's so important that we start to witness where we're at if we're in transference or if we're actually first seeing through our aligned perspective and then motivated through our unique motivation. If we're in transference, there's nothing actually we can quote unquote do to pull ourselves out of transference and make ourselves see through our view and be motivated through our motivation. This is something, again, that happens naturally as we align the form, then we will naturally come into these things. And so when we're witnessing ourselves in transference, the only thing to do is to witness it. Often in just witnessing it, that can be enough to make the shift And if that isn't enough, that's where we go back to looking at our environment and our determination and making sure we're following our strategy and authority. But if we see that we're in our transferred view or motivation, this is an important time to be like, okay, there's nothing I need to do here. So if you're in business and you're launching a course or creating a new program or putting out a new offering, it's really important to see where is that coming from? Is it coming from your unique view and motivation or is it coming from your transference? This is one of the biggest problems I see in the coaching industry is I really believe that it's rooted in people putting out programs and offerings that were created from their transference. And that's why the offerings don't really have the same impact that was promised. They might be able to come up with really good messaging and good marketing, but then when you get inside the program, you realize it's a lot of fluff. Why is that? Well, maybe it's not actually cognitively driven. Maybe it's not really coming from their true outer authority and it's coming from their transference. Maybe they're in their transferred view and motivation and are creating from that space. And so what we're getting is a lot of dumbed down, watered down programs and offerings in the industry that people are investing in and then realizing aren't worth the investment. 
if your motivation is designed to be active, but you're pulled into passive, then we can't have a solid foundation for us to build on, which is what fear motivation is all about, or create the change that is needed, desire motivation, or fix what can actually be fixed practically, guilt motivation. And if you are a passive motivation and you're being pulled into those active sides, again, we're not going to create the solid foundation. We're not going to create the change because you're going to be trying to do something that isn't yours to actually do, isn't yours to actually take action on. We need hope to show us what is not our responsibility to act on, what is not worth putting our energy towards. Hope is very selective, and so it's not going to get involved if it doesn't need to get involved. Need motivation knows how to cut through the noise and get to what's essential. So it's so important that instead of if you need motivation, instead of trying to dig into all of the information, which is what fear motivation wants to do, you stay in more that passive side that is like, nope, I can just cut through the noise. I can just get to what's essential. I don't have to dig into all of that. And if you're innocence, you know, you're here to be a role model to show us what it's like to just be you. So each person with their motivation, whether it's passive or active, plays a vital role in the evolution of our society. And each one of us has a unique role to play. And it's about honoring that role and embodying what it is to be uniquely you. If you have a first line personality and have a first color motivation, these are going to really resonate with one another. So the first line personality is the investigator. And so you're going to be somebody who is into researching and digging into the information, understanding the information. And that's also what fear motivation is all about. Fear motivation is motivated to get to the bottom of things. It wants to understand things. It's like, I don't want to be afraid, so let me understand. So that's going to go really well together with that first line personality. Now, if you have any of the other color motivations, two, three, four, five, or six, and you're a first line profile, then that's going to be a little bit different. You're naturally going to be somebody that wants to investigate and understand things, but the motivation behind it is going to be different. So if you are hope motivation, it's like you want to dig into all the information, but then it's to know what you don't need to take responsibility for. It's motivated to be selective, to not get involved with everything. Hope motivation is really about waiting for the call, the call that's going to call you out of that hermit shell because the second color will have a resonance with the second line of the hermit of the natural. And so it's this hopefulness that there will be something worthwhile that will call you out and that your gift will emerge in that right timing. If you're a first line profile and you have the third color motivation of desire, again, you're still going to be an investigator wanting to investigate, research, understand, but it's going to be motivated through desire, which is about wanting to create change. It's about being the leader or the follower. And the follower is about following your own path rather than 
following somebody else's. And the leader is about leading other people in a new direction. So this is all about climbing the ladder. It's about the survival of the fittest. It's about making one's way through the world. And so if this is the driving force of the investigator, then the investigator wants to be the lead investigator. It's driven to be the best. Or if you're on the follower trajectory, then it's really about investigating things, understanding things so that you have this foundation to then follow your own path. If you are a first line personality and have the fourth color motivation of need, this can be a little bit of a challenge because the first color transfers to the the fourth color. So if your personality line is a one, but the motivation below it is a four, it can seem like a little bit of a conundrum. The fourth color is really about knowing what's needed. So instead of digging into everything, it's really about cutting through the bullshit, cutting through the noise and getting to what's essential. So while you're still the investigator, you're not going to be digging into everything. You're going to be more selective and you're going to really be motivated to cut through what's not needed and to find what's actually essential. The fifth color is guilt, and this is about being motivated to create change through knowing what can be fixed, knowing what's most practical, what's most realistic. So if you are a first-line profile and you have a fifth color motivation, then you are investigating things in order to then know what can be practically fixed, what is most realistic, what could be generalized to the most amount of people, what could be distributed to the masses. So you can take these different motivations, you know, either fear, hope, desire, need, guilt, or innocence, and you can apply that to whatever your conscious personality profile line is. So if you are a line two profile, if you are the hermit, again, if you are a two four, you might have any one of the one through six color motivations. But if you're a two five, you will be innocence motivation. So you can take that and say, okay, if I'm a natural, if I'm a hermit, what is the motivation beneath that to get an idea of what type of hermit and natural are you? Or if you're a third line profile, what type of martyr are you? What type of experimenter are you? You know, are you the type of experimenter that is motivated by fear, that's motivated to dig into things, to get to the bottom of things? Are you the type of experimenter that is motivated by guilt, that's here to know what can be fixed, that's here to know the way that things work? Or are you just motivated to be yourself through innocence And you're not really motivated to get involved. So understanding the color below your profile will really give you some deeper insights into your unique profile and how you're designed and motivated to use that profile to create an impact in the world. I am a six-line profile with a third color motivation below it. So this for me can be a bit of a conundrum because 
The sixth color transfers to the third. The third transfers to the sixth. With me having desire motivation and being a six-line profile, the way that this has shown up in sometimes creating a little bit of conflict or like challenge in my life is that right now with being up on the roof, I'm in my second life stage. So I am post-Saturn return. I've been on the roof for now seven years. I'm pretty comfortable on the roof. And part of being on the roof is not wanting to get involved. And yet I am desire motivation, which is all about getting involved. I also have leader trajectory. So I'm not just here to get involved, but I'm here to get involved and to lead, to help lead and create change in a new direction. And that can be a bit of a challenge with being on the roof and not wanting to get involved. Often it's like, I just want to stay up here and just do my own thing, just be myself. And that's where I can get pulled into my transferred motivation of innocence, which is like, let me just be me. Let me just do my own thing. I don't want to get involved. I'm just motivated to be myself. And that can feel oftentimes very natural with being a six-line profile that's up on the roof. So becoming aware of when I'm in that transference has been really huge and witnessing the difference of the impact that I have in the world when I am motivated through innocence versus when I'm motivated through desire. I have gotten so many people reaching out to me in the last several months as I feel like I've really been coming into my leader trajectory and being motivated through desire. And this has all happened because my power view has been coming on more strongly. So the way I'm designed to see the world is through the lens of power. I see what's not working. I see the power structures, the power dynamics. I see where people are abusing their power or people who are really empowered, who are standing in their power. I see all those different things. And through that, I'm motivated to get involved and to create change. And it really was something that happened just naturally with me following my strategy and authority. I've really always been able to see this power view. I've naturally seen that, I feel like, my whole life. But I've gaslit myself to be like, you know what? You shouldn't focus on what's not working. Just focus on yourself. That pulls me into my transferred view of personal. And I start to believe that it's actually I'm the problem. I'm the one that needs to be fixed rather than seeing that, no, actually, these systems aren't working. It's actually a systemic problem. And you're here to see those things. So I've stopped gaslighting myself and telling myself that I'm wrong for that. And the more that I honor that, I actually witness myself being motivated to get involved. Even being up here on the roof, it's like I'm getting involved, but I'm getting involved from a different perspective than I would have in my first 30 years when I was in that first life stage of being more like a third line. And then you can go even further by looking at the gates that are activated in your conscious sun and earth to get an idea of, okay, this is my conscious personality line And this is how I'm motivated below that. But then what is the context of the gate of how it's being expressed? 
So for me, my conscious son is gate 54 and gate 54 is the gate of ambition. It's really all about drive and being motivated to succeed on the material plane. But for me coming into applying this with my six line profile and now having a different perspective, honestly, around drive, ambition, success. Now that I'm up here on the roof, I don't want, I don't desire the same things that I did in the first 30 years of my life. I don't desire just to accumulate more and more and more for myself personally. I really desire to create a change in the whole financial system so that we can remove these systemic barriers that make it difficult for people to truly be empowered, to truly live prosperously. So that's really my desire is to create change in the financial system where we dissolve these hierarchies, we dissolve these systemic ways of oppressing people, of keeping people disempowered so that we can tear that all up And we can really start to create a world that is equitable for all. If you want to learn more about your specific profile line and the motivation below it, I recommend checking out this series by Jovian Archive, the Personality Profile Lectures. Get yours for your conscious personality line and it will go over what that looks like for each of the six motivations. But hopefully with this conversation, you've also gotten some insights that have helped you deepen your understanding of your unique profile and the motivation that is below that. I want to make this information more accessible, which is why I have created the Personalized Variable Report. Your Personalized Variable Report includes a 10-page personalized PDF, and a 15 to 20 minute custom audio with information on the four transformations and your specific variable configuration. Included in the PDF are contemplation prompts that are personalized for you to deepen your awareness of your variables. My intention for these personalized reports is to illuminate this powerful information in your chart so that you can lean more fully into who you are uniquely designed to be and release any shame or guilt you might be carrying for who you naturally are. You'll begin to fall in love with these parts of yourself and feel empowered to be yourself unapologetically. Go to the link in the show notes now to get your personalized variable report. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation and I can't wait to connect with you in the next one. Aloha. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with me. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. My favorite thing is connecting with you on Instagram or in my free community, Embodiment by Design. Follow me on Instagram at I am Randy Lee and take a screenshot of this episode to let me know what resonated with you the most or your biggest takeaways. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps get the message out to more people. I believe that human design and gene keys should be knowledge we all have access to. So if this message resonates with you, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with someone you love. Thank you for being a part of this community and for your devotion to embodying your authentic self. I see you. I recognize the inner work that you're doing. It never goes unnoticed. 
Until next time, soul family, stay uplifted. This podcast is brought to you by Contessa Digital.